What's going on, everybody? We're back here for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 60. And we have a very special guest today, host of the national Salem radio show, America First, and former deputy assistant to the president, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Thanks so much for coming in today, Dr. Gorka. It's my pleasure. What is the name of your podcast? Triggered. Well, I would appear on any podcast that's called Triggered. So, gentlemen, congratulations and thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Appreciate thanks. it. So, one of the big stories, you know, for the past few weeks now and probably isn't going anywhere, seeing as they refuse to condemn it on their own side, is the anti-Semitism, the rising anti-Semitism of the left, right. specifically with Representative Ilhan Omar. You know, they're basically just getting, you know, getting away with this because the media refuses to hold them accountable. Do you think that that's just going to continue on and on as we go through this 2020 cycle? And do you think that on the left, it's just going to continue to be more pervasive in their ideology? Nancy Pelosi caved. She mm -hmm. utterly caved to an avowed anti-Semite. So think about this. This woman repeatedly uses anti-Semitic cliches openly and on social media. She talks about the money of the Jews buying mm -hmm. influence. She talks about the evil Israeli state. She talks about them hypnotizing the West. Then they finally say, okay, let's have a resolution. Who's going to draft the resolution? The committee on which Ilhan Omar sits. Mm -hmm. And instead of denouncing anti-Semitism and her by name, it becomes this cr crazy diluted garbage that says, bad things are bad. <laughs> no, literally, yeah. bad things are bad. And that means what? The anti-Semitic attitude has been embraced institutionally by Nancy Pelosi. I think it's an indication of how weak she is in the face of these radicals who've come in, like Ilhan Omar, like Rashida Tlaib, and AOC, mm -hmm. and I think at the end of the day, it's, it's sad because I never thought in American politics I'd see one party actually endorse anti-Semitism the way the Democrats have, but there is a silver lining. If you look at Ilhan Omar, especially in uh, that congressional testimony when she was going after Elliot Abrams, look at the expression in her eyes, look at her smirk, she hates Jewish mm -hmm. people. She is, this isn't, Nancy said, oh, she doesn't know the meaning of the words she's yeah, using. Yeah, she's too stupid to know. Because <laughs> she's only been here 23 years and right. gone to college in America. No, she's an anti-Semite. I think she cannot control herself. And sooner or later, she's going to go even more rabidly anti-Semitic. And then we'll have a crisis in the Democrat Party. Yeah, and she, and she even, you know, they put in the islamophobia right. aspect to that oh, but, try but to make everything. them a victim white yeah. supremacy you know lgbt qixim yeah. and, and, and on and on and on yeah. which at the end of the day meant that we're giving her political cover for being an anti-semite that's mm -hmm. all it means yeah mm -hmm. all, all it means and pelosi totally caved like you said you know she's lost complete control it yeah. is yeah. the idea that a you put a woman like if she doesn't know the meaning of words what is she doing on the foreign affairs committee of mm -hmm. congress mm-hmm I mean, that's where policy is debated. That's where policy is sometimes born. Giving her a seat on that committee tells you she's already surrendered. And then you look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Scam, yeah. which is more <laughs> communist than anything we've ever seen in human history. Yep. Yeah. And then you have every single person who's declared that they want to be the nominee for president of the Democrat Party sign on. It means that the old, old white guard of the DNC is losing control. Yeah, they signed on right away without right. even, you know. So who's yeah. running the agenda? AOC's running the agenda. A person who's a barmaid yesterday is running the DNC agenda. That's yeah. American politics. 
It's insane. And then, you know, you have that on the flip side where they're criticizing the words of Tucker and Judge Janine. You know, they don't want to hold themselves accountable, but, oh, the right, you know, we'll, we'll punish them to no end. The party that wishes to normalize child murder. I'm not even going to use the technical phrase infanticide. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the murdering of children. That party with the Bill Cuomo's bill in New York, I call him the butcher of Richmond with the governor of Virginia's suggestions Mm -hmm. on that radio show. That's the party that's going to lecture you and me and Judge Janine and Tucker Carlson on morality. Yep. That's the party. Yeah. Uh, You know, I got to give it to Tucker. I got to give it to Janine. You never ever give in to the mob and this is a mob yep oh yeah that when when he had that monologue the other night with never giving it to the mob i i was right there with yeah. him because they're not gonna no matter what whether you apologize or not they're not gonna like you yeah. right they may pretend no, to no, temporarily and, and the point here is that you have to understand where they're coming from this isn't a group of people that wants you you know they want to slap your wrist and then you say sorry and then oh we're, we're going to yeah. be palsies they wish to destroy you. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Bill O'Reilly, whether it's Sean Hannity, or whether it's anybody else, if you're an effective conservative communicator, you must be taken down. Sean is number one, Tucker's number two, and they're effective. I think about this. I I love repeating this because CNN hates it, especially Anderson Cooper. Do you know know how many people watch CNN? I mean, look- Less than Nickelodeon. Yeah, when, when I was in the White House, they booked us on media it's a it's a little you know basic, but hey, you understand it. There's a whiteboard in the Booker's room with the audience of every show, mm-hmm. and the bigger the audience, the more priority they got to book somebody who's you know works in the White House. And I went in there one day and I looked at the board. And I said, "Is that right?" <laughs> and the girl said, "Yeah, that's the latest figures from Nielsen or whatever it was." So CNN, the star of CNN, Anderson Cooper, on a good night, gets six hundred thousand views. Mm-hmm. That's half a percent. That's less than half a percent of the U.S. population. And how many are in airports? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks exactly. to Taco, we yeah. now know they yeah. actually pay CNN pays airports yep. upwards of one hundred fifty thousand dollars to show CNN. At the top of the polling is, of course, Shaw number one, then Tucker with five six million viewers. CNN is an irrelevance, and they are in it for one thing. These people, Media Matters, which is run by an anti-Semite transphobe bigot yep. i mean you know angela carasone's <laughs> statements yeah. wow um oh yeah the so, things he said oh my gosh so look these people for them it's war and they want to destroy you and you you just don't surrender to that yep and then you have brian stelter last night who i call humpty dumpty uh-huh. he uh he comes out and defends media matters because really he's just a media matters operative inside right. cnn totally yeah he defends them and says you know they don't have a war on fox they declared they won the war on Fox four years ago. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're obsessed. And, and I, t- I said on my show yesterday, <laughs> I really like Media Matters because they do this great thing where they transcribe my radio show. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have a guy. I don't, I'd have to pay somebody to transcribe my comments, but, but, but they do it for me for free. And then they put it up on the Internet. And I say, thanks, guys. But funnily enough, when I went after Angela Carasone yesterday, they didn't transcribe that segment. Mm-hmm. Oh, unbiased. Yeah, unbiased. Yeah, media media watchdog. Yeah, media media watchdogs. Yep. So then this morning, Beto, who I like to call Robert Francis O'Rourke, because I I just like to call him Beta. Yep, Beta. It's not Beto. He is he is the quintessence of the Beta male. Yep, totally. That's exactly what I I love that one too. And so, do you think that in this crowded field, the the clown car or the clown tent that I like to call the left nowadays? 
do you think that he really has a shot? Because I don't think that he's going to be able, you know, he has some money left over from his Texas run, but I don't think he's going to be able to amass that kind of fundraising as they did in Texas, because then they had the singular, you know, Ted Cruz opponent. I don't think he's going to be able to get as much traction as many on the left. And CNN was giddy this morning, of course. Oh my gosh! You know, yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. What do you What do you think? Look, first things first. It's 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 not all about raising money. Steve Bannon said it. Um, what was it in the midterms? If you have too much money, it can actually be a liability. Let's go back to 2016. Donald Trump was outspent by Hillary by factors. She spent yes. 1.4 billion dollars that we know on a candidacy she thought was owed to her because of her gender and her last name, and she lost. So I don't think it's just about money. I think politics today is about connecting and being authentic. That's why a billionaire from Queens, and I saw this with my own eyes when Mm -hmm. I traveled with the president, how a billionaire from Queens can connect with steel workers in Youngstown, Ohio. How does that happen? Because- Normal people. You're not not relating to him because you're a billionaire too. You're relating because, hey, that guy actually means what he's saying. Now, how do you take seriously and think that somebody's authentic whose name is O'Rourke, but then tries to paint himself as Hispanic? Like, <laughs> strike one. Strike one. First Irish Hispanic I've met. Right. So, so um, I'm not worried because he is a less polished, gangly, Caucasian version of Obama. Yeah. That's what he is. He, yeah. He's just, he's the, he's the next beta male, but he's white and he can't even put words together in sensible sentences. At least Obama, when he was on, when he was on the teleprompter, he, he was quite smooth. Right. When, when he was extemporaneous, he was a disaster. Remember all these times he said, the whole time yeah. and he just talks nonsense so you know I, i'm not worried uh, i'm not worried by any of the clown circus um yeah i agree I, I think politics has become even more a celebrity activity i think if a celebrity comes from the outside if a schultz if an oprah or somebody else comes from the outside maybe but these guys they have they have zero authenticity mm-hmm. well that and that's the thing when we get to the general election debates they're going to try to out Trump Trump and they're going to look very fake trying to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and President Trump will just be up there. I mean, being I, himself. When, when I do a lot of speaking, especially for conservative audiences. And, and the question everybody wants to ask me is, what's he really like? Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so, so what's Donald Trump like behind closed doors? And I say, guys, look, I'm going to really disappoint you now. If you've been alive and you've had a heartbeat for the last 20 years and you're breathing, you know who Donald Trump mm-hmm. is, because what you see is Donald Trump. It's not like this city. It's not like Washington where everybody's fake. fake and there's this generated persona, this avatar behind the scenes that the opposite of what they reflect. You can't, you can't fake authenticity, right? I mean, you can only grin so wide. Exactly. After a while, people say, ah, just another poll. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. Trying to out... I'd love it if they did it. Yeah. I mean, trying to out <laughs> Trump Donald Trump because every single one of them will crash and burn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily, quickly over time, and the the perceived front runner here, Joe Biden, who has yet to announce. Yeah, how ironic. I yeah, cre- I call him <laughs> Creepy Joe. You know all the pictures of Lunch him. Bucket Joe. Yeah, exactly. Him and his you know stances on crime, his gaffes, his past racist remarks, which he's already taking heat for from Kamala Harris. You know, do you think he's going to crash and burn as his previous presidential aspirations have? I don't think he's going to crash and burn like the others because he's already he's already got a, a persona that's been established. I mean, 
given that he's been wrong on every serious issue for 40 years, I think he is the establishment candidate. He is the new Hillary Clinton. Right. So I think he's got that behind him. But I think just in the last week, what have we had? We've had this, this really disturbing stuff come out from the 1970s and 80s, what he said. I, if, if I were a strategic advisor to the DNC, I'd say in an age where the left is obsessed with identity culture and, and social justice, you're going to run a guy who thought segregated buses was good. You're right. going to run a guy who said Obama is the first eloquent, clean, black politician yeah. he's seen. Ooh, that's going to haunt him. So I don't know. He, he is the establishment personified, but he has so much baggage. I just don't know. Yeah, and he and he's clearly not as far left as the party is going. Correct now, towards socialism. Correct. But especially, people, I mean, yeah. this is the guy I bumped into, you know, at the at the local uh, uh, store in Nantucket. Mm -hmm. not, not not exactly your, your quintessential, <laughs> you know, mountains of Virginia, coal hills, you know, uh, leftist that he would like to portray himself as. Yeah, and their bet is that he's going to pull back some of the Obama Obama Trump voters, you know, blue collar Rust Belt. I think that's total nonsense. I, I think that. I think that's dreaming. Yeah, there there's no maybe way. ten years ago. Yeah, maybe ten years yeah, ago, maybe. Right. But the times have changed. The whole that whole Look, base has changed. Why, why did why why did Trump pull those people over? Why, why? Because he was a non-politician. Mm -hmm. People forget this. I mean, it's the first time in, in since seventeen seventy six, we elected somebody who wasn't a former general and wasn't a former politician. Uh, you can't do that if you've been in politics for forty years. You can't right, say, yeah. "Hey, I'm the I'm the <laughs> genuine guy." Like, yeah. really, really? Oh, and the other thing we haven't we haven't mentioned his son. Mm, his yeah. son and his ties when his son got flew with him on air force two or whatever it was uh, to china and the next week seals a deal for more than a billion dollars with the chinese government that's gonna haunt yeah. Joe biden as well that's really i mean yeah when i read about that i couldn't believe incredible a guy who has <laughs> no background in investing no background in finance closes a deal with with you know the national bank of china for 1.3 billion dollars yeah. uh, just because he was with his dad yesterday in beijing and he flew there oh and his dad's the vice president wow shady yeah and so on tuesday we had katie pavlich on and she said interestingly enough in the green room at fox she was on a, a segment with jim messina uh-huh and uh, Jim Messina said that Obama is planning to stay neutral during the primary. He can't do it. He'll never. The, yeah. the, that, yeah, the, yeah. His ego is its not going <laughs> to yeah, happen. There's no way. Yeah, like, 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 like he's not involved in politics now, <laughs> yeah. right? That, say, that kind of neutral. Yeah, the former president card. Right, right. And, but I just couldn't believe that he would not endorse Biden, who was his vice president for eight years. That would be embarrassing. Very. Yeah. That would be that, embarrassing for yeah. Joe. That'd be killer for yeah. Joe. Yeah. So, creepy Joe. <laughs> so... On the topic of socialism, since that's where the entire left is moving towards nowadays, yeah. that's totally yeah. an acceptable ideology here. You know, they've gone from the socialism, communism, staying away from that to embracing it into the progressivism. Do you think that there's going to be a significant backlash to that on the lower ticket races in 2020 and Senate and congressional races? Obviously, it's going to be a very big positive for yeah. President Trump. And we saw that at CPAC and in his speeches since. Right. Um, but but where do you think overall that's going? Because that seems like a very short-sighted game plan on their part. I think it com depends completely upon uh, the communicating, how well that reality is communicated by conservatives and by the GOP. 
I don't trust the GOP to communicate it adequately, at least not the way the president did. I, I, I'm using on my show, America First, today, I've been using it for the whole last week, the President CPAC speech, because I mean, <laughs> that moment where he says, hey, honey, I, I, is the wind blowing today? Because I'd like to watch television. <laughs> I, I joked I joked in my speech. Oh, it wasn't a joke. I was serious. Right. I said, you know, they are coming after your cheeseburgers. You know that. Absolutely. And, and the left went crazy. Yeah. They said, what do you mean? Well, I've actually read the Green News scam. And right. it says cows fart too much. And, and then what happens this week? The mayor of New York bans meat yep. on Mondays in all the schools in New York. More than a million kids. This isn't a joke. This isn't a theory. And then Bloomberg finally yesterday, I guess they were in a cave for 10 days. Bloomberg, <laughs> Bloomberg says, oh, Gorka and the president are right. They're coming after your steak and your burgers. So, yep. you know, could you imagine if Stalin had said, you know what? I, I'm going to actually go after America's beef. They would have said, "Sir, you, you can't do that." Yeah, but Comrade Stalin, you, you're never, you're never. This is America. You're never going to take those beef patties away from America. Well, guess what? We have Americans who want to do it now. So if we communicate the insanity, and the last point on on the Green Deal, I mean, we could talk for hours. Yeah, on it. yeah. People have to remember they want to demolish every uh, home in America and rebuild it in politically correct fashion. They want to actually get rid of all internal combustion engines, not just your Mustang, but the tractor that makes your food on the farm right. that is growing the food for your family, the tractor trailer that brings it to the store so you can buy it. And then the biggest thing of all, nobody else is going to do it while we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So we'll be living in the stone age, literally rubbing two sticks together to warm our food, our, our tofu up. And then China, <laughs> India, <laughs> Russia, Brazil, nobody else is doing it. I mean, yeah. forget about World War Three. That's that's surrendering to yourself. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same thing with with the bull Paris Accord. Oh, yeah. we, we're, yeah. the ones we're, we're actually yeah. in more we're more compliant than anybody else that signed yep. and they don't have any targets at least for 30 years <laughs> yeah. right yeah. it's crazy it's, it's our crazy. own uh, great leap forward <laughs> no it is yeah, yeah absolutely Wrapped, yeah. absolutely yeah except we're not wasting our time trying to uh, make steel in the you know play ovens yeah well that's where we'll be at we'll be no you know no electricity no fossil fuels Living in the Stone oh, Age. And That's also, basically where they want to take us. Also, giving economic assistance to those unwilling to work. Oh, yeah. That the universal too. basic income scam. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the... Absolutely. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, I know you were hanging out with Kurt out at the manager's meeting in California. Yes. One of our favorite topics is the so-called Never Trump losers. You know, ahoy, the ships. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of um, conflicted with this because they're so pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to give them any more oxygen than they're, they're kind of stealing themselves. And I, and I think they, they, they're they down to a kayak. There's yep. like three of them left on a kayak. No more cruise ships or nothing. <laughs> but, 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 uh, the life raft. But at the end of the day, what they did to Victor Davis Hansen this week or last week, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go after them. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a piece right now. The most preeminent classicist, historian, and strategist in America today and they call him in their book review of his latest book, which sold 40,000 copies the first day. Mm -hmm. They call him a Nazi. Yeah. I mean, th this, is where, this is when you know the, 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 the moral center of these people, that they are utterly, completely morally bankrupt. Mm -hmm. That they take down one of the most important, or try to take down one of the most important conservative thinkers in America today. They're just sad, pathetic little cowards. 
Yep. The soft Conserving conservatism oh with God. air quotes. Yeah, yeah. right. So by, by, by attacking <laughs> conservatives who really are conservatives. Right, right. And you were at the Victor Davis yeah, Hanson book Yeah, I was at the book event at Ocean Prime, and mm-hmm. he was basically, I mean, he's not like, you know, um, which is like a, like a rabid MAGA supporter that you see like in a rally. Mm-hmm. He's He's a historian. He's very empirical. Well, he very, calls it very when, when, he, when, when he the president that. does stuff that's you yeah, know yeah, abso- right. Absolutely, he calls and, it. And he's like, I, I just took a hard look at the facts and what he's done. Right. And he, he noticed he's like, you know, seventy-five, eighty percent of the Trump agenda is exactly what what these people support, right? And have supported for decades. It's it's very establishment based. And he's like, you know, and he mentioned it briefly, uh, the bulwark piece, but he, yeah. didn't, he didn't touch upon it on that people. much. He just was like, this is, I just took a hard Can, can I share with you what he said to me? So I went to his book launch here in DC and he came up to me and he looked me in the eye and he said, this is Victor Dave Sanson said, Donald Trump is the one thing that's stopping our nation from becoming socialist. When a guy who has his range of knowledge from ancient Greece onwards says that, you go, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The 2016 election was termed the Flight 93 election. But I think this one is well beyond that. This is way worse because... I think think you're right because I think they've come out of the closet as communist. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. They they are avowedly, you know, back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they they had to try and, you know, the pragmatists, like I'm not a fan of Bill Clinton, but he was a pragmatist. They always had to rein in the crazies of Mm -hmm. the party. And then, you know, they did rein them in. Chuck, Nancy, they're not reining anybody. The crazies are driving the train. Right. They've caved. So it, it could be. It could be. Yep. So on, right, on, an, on an agenda yeah. that that you know, baby killing, yep. taking away your cheeseburgers, more taxes, right? Yeah, can't see grandma anymore on the because you can't fly. Yeah, right? I mean that can't possibly yeah. be a winning platform. Winning platform right there. But, but, but again, but guys, you got, you, this is the, the the mistake we make so often. You're being logical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's an illogical uh, thing on yeah. their side. It, it's logic is not relevant. Remember, yeah. I mean, they, she actually admitted it. She said. These people who concentrate on the truth and the accuracy. Well, what about what about the justice mm-hmm. and and what about the emotions of it and, and what's right? Yeah. I mean, that's when you really see how dangerous they are. When yeah. they say ignore the truth, just trust me. Okay, yeah. uh, that workers' paradise will be paradise. Mm-hmm. We'll be shipping people off to gulags, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it'll be paradise. So. We, what we need to do, and the president does this in his own special way, is we need to remember why Reagan succeeded. Reagan had all the facts at his fingertips. You know, the, the amiable dolt. Yeah, the guy who spent a decade traveling from GE company, GE plant to GE plant, being paid to give lectures on free markets and democracy, who wrote the speeches himself, that Ronald Reagan, yeah. who then has all this stuff at his fingertips, but then, because he's a former movie star, can communicate. He, he uses the truth to connect to the listener's soul. And until Donald Trump, we had an establishment GOP that did none of that. I mean, look, oh, right. here, here's another policy paper on the Laffer curve. Right. Here, here's another you know, GDP <laughs> yeah. growth chart. It's, yeah. all, it's all true. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But who, you're not going to resonate with right. anybody, let alone the middle. And, and American elections are, are one in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about ideologically. I mean, you, you've got to win over those people who are generally apolitical, right? right. Who yeah, just right. want to, you know, they want to pay their bills at the end of the month. Yeah. You've got to convince them. That takes emotional communication. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a big, big breakthrough that we had in 2016 was finally fighting back. Yes. Not sitting down and Massively it. important. No yeah. apologies. We have to fight back. I, 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 look, and I, don't, I don't feel sorry about doing this. I, I, really, <laughs> I, really, I really don't like the guy. That video that's going viral, I posted on my, my uh, Twitter feed, Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. That video of Mitt Romney blowing out his candles. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the last 30 years right. of the GOP. Like, I'm gonna pick up each little candle. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't want to put, put it, on the cake. Put it down on the on the napkin and take another one. I mean, and, and what what would the DNC be doing? They'd be coming in with a flamethrower. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is how you do politics. Towards the whole uh, office. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, finally, somebody's fighting. And if you look, if you read your de Tocqueville, if you know your American history, we're built. We're, the nation is built on rugged individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an accident. The cowboy is, you know, the dirty Harry, the cowboy is the symbol of American individualism. Finally, we've got a president who's acting like yeah. it. And to them, that's just toxic masculinity. Oh, right, right. Which the, is very, absurd. very problematic. Yeah, yeah. That's that's their favorite <laughs> word. It's, you know, problematic language or problematic <laughs> I behavior. Had a, I, I was pulling into, I don't know how much time we got left. I, I was pulling into the studio today and I, 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 people know what I drive. I drive a Mustang yeah. and it has, it has unusual plates. It's the art, art of war plates. Some dude, I apologize if you're a conservative, but I don't think he is. I, I pull up to the, the crosswalk and I'm pulling into the, the, the garage and some young guy crosses across the crosswalk, recognizes me, gets mm. at his phone. And I'm, I'm just waiting to pull off. And he takes a photograph of me and my car and my tag. And then, like that, that car, what, what is the name of that turtle character from, from Looney Tunes? He, he, he <laughs> smiles, and then he does his, he, held, he, he pulled his head into his shoulders like a little, you know, beta, yeah. beta male. And I thought, dude, that's why the president won. Yep. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the, go back to man school, go to the yep. gym or something. It's spot on, though. It's like, yeah, yeah that's why yeah. he won. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's do our quick smorgasbord segment here to close out the show. So Twitter announced yesterday that they're going to stop displaying retweets and likes of other people's posts on your timeline. And I don't understand where the logic in this comes from. I saw some theories that maybe, you know, they want to try to crush conservatives more, which I wouldn't put past them because of sure. their past, you right. know, policy enhancements. Right. Have you ever had uh, any inner, you know, interactions with getting blocked on Twitter or suppressed or anything like that? Um, I've had complaints from my followers. I've, I've, you know, I'm pretty healthy. I've got 700,000 followers on Twitter mm-hmm. um, alone. But yeah, I get lots of complaints from my followers. And I notice when I post things, for example, I post segments from my show America First f- from YouTube, and, and, and they've done something squirrely to my macro. So you see, you see the link, yep. but you never see the macro of, of the screenshot. And why on my account? I mean, buddies have posted stuff from YouTube and you see the screenshot, you see everything. Yeah, so, the link card. Yeah, there's something funny going on. But this, if this is for everybody, I don't know where they're coming from. I just don't understand. How are you to tell what's you know popular and what's not? Someone who has one retweet versus thousands. It's, yeah. it's, it's just it's, crazy. You know, there, there is very funny stuff going on there. And, and the, the point is the key point from, what was it, Joe Rogan's thing with, with Dorsey and his, his deputy. It always goes one way. Yeah. Whenever it's throttling, whenever it's banning, it, you know, it's it's not the left wing activist that gets in trouble; it's the conservatives that get in trouble. When when there's an even handedness, 
I'll be you know more satisfied with in the meantime. Right. We may we may have to break these guys up. I mean, this is this is you're, you too you're too young to remember this, but this is there's a reason we have lots of telephone companies in America because we had one and right. we broke it up. We said this is a monopoly and it, it, we can't have monopolies in America. And that is you know YouTube, Google, and Twitter are information monopolies. Yep, and it doesn't seem too much of a coincidence that across all of those, right. the accidents go in one direction. Always. Right? right. They and, always and, say, oh, and, it's accidental. I'm not a fan of what's-his-face, uh, the InfoWars guys, guy, but that he gets banned on everybody's platform mm-hmm. in yeah. the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, do, how, how does that happen? That sounds a lot like collusion to yeah. me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is collusion. Yeah, so um, over the pond, we got Brexit as a total yep, disaster. Totally. They basically, you know, the cons over there teamed up with labor and rejected a no deal Brexit. You think they're going to delay? I guess yeah, they have if, to if, at this if, point. If, if the elite gets its way, absolutely. If the, the, the unresponsive, unrepresentative elite uh, gets its way, uh, it's a travesty. I mean, again, it bears repeating. This is the largest expression of free will since the Magna Carta. 17 million Brits said, we want to leave this faceless, centralized bureaucracy that is the EU. Nobody's vote. They've never had more than 17 million people vote on anything in, in, in British right. history. And, and now, two years later, and they, they're not going to actually execute the, the will of the people. These things are all connected, whether it's the Trump effect, whether it's Brexit, whether it's the elections in, in Poland, in Hungary, in Italy. People want their representative government back. Yeah. And it's just like Congress here disregarding the will of the people. 86% of their MPs ran on honoring the referendum. Yes. So it's, right. it's yeah. just right. total yeah. backstabbing. And, well, look, they're going to make you vote until you vote the right way. Right, right. I Let's mean, have a second one. Let's <laughs> right, try. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. And the right way means you agree with us, the elite. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. So we talked a little bit about your book, Why We Fight, yes. Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. What's the tie-in to that going to be to your second book, if you can tell us? Oh, I can, absolutely. So so the first book was Defeating Jihad. It was focused on groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS and what mm-hmm. it's going to take for the, the next president who would be a Donald Trump to defeat them. My last book is Why We Fight, and it's having been strategist to the president, I look at all the threats we face, my time in the White House, and I go to look at whether it's China, Russia, Iran, I go broader than just terrorism. And then I included some stories of amazing American heroes, back to Stephen Decatur during the Barbary Wars, through Chesty Puller in World War II, up through an amazing Vietnam vet who survived six and a half years in the Hanoi Hilton prison camp. And then lastly to Whitaker Chambers, who far too few millennials understand, was the Judge Kavanaugh before Judge Kavanaugh was even born, a man who stood up for the truth and the Democrats tried to destroy him and he was vindicated. So that was uh, why we fight. The next one started off as a book about, because I've worked for the president when he was Mr. Trump, I worked for him in the White House as a strategist. I wanted to share with the world uh, my understanding of why he wins, what what makes it special about how he can get North Korea to stop detonating nuclear warheads, how he can get NATO after 40 years to finally pay their dues as members uh, of the alliance. And, and, And my publisher said, great. And then we had this discussion last year and we just said, you know what? The left is out of control and it's going to get worse. So now I've got one manuscript and I'm going to include new chapters on just mapping from uh, FISA gate, Russia gate to Uranium One to everything they're doing right now with, with the, the, the culture of death. I'm just mapping 
how radical the left has become, what they're doing to the president, and what the sources are of this. Because it's important to understand, right. if you read the best summary I've ever seen is Andrew Breitbart's book, Righteous Indignation, Chapter 5. What we're seeing today didn't happen overnight. It's been building for 70 years. If you look at the Frankfurter School, if you look at Gramsci, Marcuse, if you look at Olinsky, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is fact. These are guys who right. said the West is bad. America is the worst of the worst. We have to deconstruct it all until Western civilization is made in the image of secular postmodern multiculturalism. So I, whilst being readable, in my new, yeah. <laughs> new book, I, I want to show people, guys, you know, they're organized and they've got a plan. And if we don't step up to the plate, they will destroy the greatest experiment in self-determination the world has ever seen, meaning America. And so going back to the first book, Defeating Jihad, that was actually, you know, when I became a huge fan of yours, even before, you know, Salem and President and all that stuff. Because you don't have the blinders on, right? You see <laughs> when, for what when, it is. When, when your dad was tortured by communist secret police, given a life sentence at the age of 20, and then escapes from a political prison during the Hungarian Revolution, uh, yeah, you, 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 you will right. never have blinders. Exactly. Right, right. But thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. So just a little quick last question. Yeah. Now that you're a little over two months into your, your new show, America First, which I love, love the show. Thank name, you. By the way. We're your, on iTunes now. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, check America it out. First. <laughs> what, uh, what's your favorite part of hosting the show? Uh, connecting with the listeners. Um, can I, how much time have we got? Yeah, as long as you want. All right, let me tell you one story and then, then we'll wrap. Sure. So uh, I was on holiday last year on vacation, and we, we go to the North Country to get away from it all. First, we, we, we had a 10-hour drive, get to our house, and then I wake up at 2 a.m., and I'm dry heaving into the, the toilet for the next two and a half hours. I've never felt such pain in my life from my lower back. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what's going on. So I wake my wife up at four and I say, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of a 350 acre forest. You gotta take me to the nearest ER. And she rushed me, rushed me to the ER. They had an MRI, they scanned me, everything. And it turned out I had three kidney stones. One Oof. of them was 10 millimeters wide, okay? You're Holy not gonna pass cow. that one. That's, right? yeah. The doctor said, I've never seen one 10 millimeters. Anyway, so that's how I start my vacation. And they're gonna do a procedure on me to, to get rid of them, but they can't put me in the OR for two days. So I, I, you know, I'm on drips and whatever for two days in the hospital. It's an interesting way to start yeah, your vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when the surgeon, the surgeon, recognized me when he came in the morning after yeah. I was, and he said, pleased to meet you, blah, blah, I'll be doing the operation, um, but let's not talk politics. <laughs> and you go, oh dear, yeah. I've, I've got a Hillary vote yeah. as my surgeon, <laughs> and I'm going into general anesthetic, ouch. <laughs> anyway, but it, he turned out to be great. But, but the radio show, I'm inspired in, in, uh, with the radio show America First because of a nurse who came into me on the second day as I was waiting to go into surgery. And she'd been super nice, but we hadn't chatted about anything serious. And she said, and Kathleen, if you're listening, this is for you. She said, please keep doing what you do because you need to know that you are a voice for millions of people who don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. That's why I do America First. 
And that's, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know, we have amazing callers. Um, and, and that's for me, the most important thing that we are in this together. And we have to understand that who said it, one of our founding fathers said it, if we don't stick together, we'll hang together. Amen yeah. to that. And uh, any of our triggered listeners out here, you should be listening to America First with Dr. Gorka because it is an amazing show. I love what on one of your first episodes, it might have actually been the first episode where you had a caller named Julie. <laughs> and you guys had a spar back and forth. That was amazing. Callers are fun. <laughs> yep, yep. So call, call, call in anytime, guys. I'm three to six on the East Coast, 12 to three on the West Coast. You can follow it live, sebgorka.com, S E B. G-O-R-K-A.com. I'm going to advertise if you allow me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the number is 833-33-GORKA. G-O-R-K-A. That's 833-334-6752. We welcome your calls, especially if you're crazy progressive. <laughs> I was in the debate society and I won always. So call anytime. <laughs> well, that's a perfect ending to the show. Dr. Gorka, thank you so much. Thank for you, guys. Us. Really thank appreciate you. it. Anytime. And uh, follow the podcast at TriggerThM on Twitter, Facebook.com backslash TriggerThM. Give us your five-star rating and reviews on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. And we're now actually at TriggeredPodcast.com, part of the Town Hall family. Thanks Wonderful. So much, Love Town Hall, guys. Always check out Town Hall every day. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank, thank you. you very much. See you on next week. See you then. Oh,